0: Championship Sunday is all set, and I no longer give a s***. From the HP Virtual Studios, it's the What's On Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Sports has Championship. <laughs> Mailing that one in hard, huh? Like I said, I no longer, I officially have reached a point where I no longer give a shit. Look, I believe you. I'm impressed. You don't give a s*** with conviction. There <laughs> Uh, what do you say we, uh, we get right to it? Let's uh, take a, a peek back at week 15 in the Fantasy Football League. With me, of course, Gary Gotso, Jamie Johnson, and Mike Garazeri. We'll start with the big win of the week. Paris coming from out of nowhere to take out the Horror Show, 124-123. At the end of the afternoon games on Sunday, Debbie was behind by about 200. <laughs> and her team rallied up David Johnson out of the flex spot, got her 40 points in the Sunday night game. And Drew Brees threw 32 on the board in the, uh, the Monday night game. Got eight points out of the honey badger before he blew his knee out. Just an amazing comeback by by Debbie's squad. Uh, gets to finish strong at seven and eight. Our show found a lot of points out of Kirk Cousins last week. Forty three points in Washington's big win over Buffalo. What's with Kirk Cousins? We can't keep him out of the end zone anymore. It's all just despite you and the Giants. The Giants have enough spite for themselves. I don't think the Redskins even figure into spiting the Giants. And, of course, 16 out of uh, potential defensive MVP Luke Keekly for the horror show. Again, one point down. Tough way to end the season for Jamie Creech at 5-10. and 10. Gary, Fort Wadsworth falls to Charlottesville in the taco game, 99-73, although we have to take the taco game moniker off, because Dan Uthman has been logging in and changing his, his lineup for the last couple of weeks, so it's not quite the true taco experience, it's more of a burrito game. You want an empanada? This is bull****. <laughs> this game just soured my entire weekend. This is bull****. <laughs> bull- just bull****. Tavon Austin shows up for his only time this year. Bull <laughs> Jordan Reed. <bull laughs> Tavon Austin. <Bull laughs> just bull. Yeah, uh, two touchdowns for Tavon Austin, 19 points, 20 for Jordan Reed, 13 for Jeremy Hill, 15 out of the quarterback spot from Fitzpatrick and all of the Jets defense in the Saturday from the Saturday night games, uh, helping out there.
1: If Gary had started me in the flex running back spot
0: and defense. He'd have been by two. That's right. If you are available on The Wire, I would have taken it. A <laughs> couple of negatives there with the Panthers defense and Buck Allen, both at minus one. Meaning, yes, this podcast was better than both of them. Only 13 from Alex Smith in the quarterback spot, picking the wrong weekend to Benji Eli. 18 for Brandon Cooks in New Orleans, 11 for Gronk. Hey, when that game was 38-3, I was looking pretty damn good. You did, and honestly, it was on paper, it was the smart play. Alex Smith against Baltimore... Eli against the Panthers. I'm not sure I don't do the same thing. What was up with the, pa- with, with the Ravens? They had their the purple shirts and mustard-colored pants. That was the most hideous thing I've seen in football all season, and all the NFL has done this season is trot out awful, awful uniforms. So congratulations, Baltimore Ravens. You've taken the cake. Charlottesville finishes the regular season at 4-11. and The Warriors clinched the 500 record last week, but they finished at 8-7. I'll tell you what, next year I'm engineering my team for one thing only, and that is just to beat the f***ing Halls. Two out of their four wins were against me this year. That <laughs> cost, me the playoffs. If you can't beat last place teams, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. I am engineering my team to beat and do nothing but beat Uthman all next year. Uthman, I'm coming for you, buddy. Throw down. It's down. Gauntlet. (laughs) Throne. Let's move to the legitimate taco game. Chuck Buster's a 68 over the Tacos to, to get themselves to 7 and 8. All things considered, for for Ty Sams' club, that's about as good a season as you're going to get after you start 0-6. Yeah, there's a couple people I feel happy for. Debbie being one, and definitely the Chuck Buster's getting the seven wins after that horrid start. Yeah, Tacos got 25 out of Phillip Rivers, 21 out of uh, Deshaun Jackson, and not much out of anybody else. Chuck Buster's... Managed to get a minus two from Danny Amendola. So however bad Buck Allen was, Danny Amendola was twice as bad. But 28 out of Matthew Stafford, 12 from D'Angelo Williams, 10 from Doug Martin, and a 13 from Navarro Bowman, who's just been outstanding this season after missing about two years with a busted up knee. Great finish for the Chuck Busters, and, and we'll get to, to where they fill out in that mass of 8-7, eight, 7-8 seven, seven, eight teams uh, a little bit later in the podcast. The Tacos finished the season at 4-11. and 11. Chuck Busters likely so. said 7-8. Yeah, and eight. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to, to the episode from a couple of weeks ago, and we've been talking about the Tacos with four wins for a long time, and that's how it should be. Good job, Justin. Dustin. Way, way, to, way to pry <laughs> it up. <laughs> for a league that you've won a title and you're on the flipping show
1: banished he is out
0: no we need someone that we can regularly beat on a regular basis banished unless you're Debbie gotta have somebody to beat up and he's gotta beat Debbie just enough times to to be legitimate <laughs> so while we're talking about the second division Gary's Boss Fight t-shirt finishes strong ninety three eighty six. 93-86 over the Hama champion Oregon Outpost 788. Outpost is picking a weird time to go cold, and that they've dropped a couple heading into the championship. Gary's team was was led by Sammy Watkins with 23 points, 19 big points for the Patriots defense, 10 for Corey Graham out of the defensive spot, which is, which is real good for a safety. 13 for the Odell Beckham slugfest, and uh, Aaron Rodgers with a, a mysteriously low 11. Uh, Packers throwing 30 points on the board, and Aaron Rodgers still only comes away with 11. He found several ways to destroy your fantasy season this year, didn't
1: he? Yes. Yes, he did. But, you know, it's all based on him. But ultimately, we just weren't good on the road. One and six on the road. If you're going to make the playoffs...
0: Got to win out the friendly Got to win some road games. We just weren't up for the road. For a guy, I would have thought was a great value pick for you. who uh, was a, a legitimate first overall selection. Aaron Rodgers has been mysteriously down this year. Blake Bortles led the way for the outpost, 25 points. Demarius Thomas with 18. Probably should have had about 40 with as much as he dropped in that game. Uh, 11 points for the Vikings' defense and not much else. A solid week for, for the outpost. 86 points is not a terrible showing, but not enough to win a lot of times. you got to at least get into the 90s. Aaron Rayfield, uh, again, wins the Hama. Had that wrapped up a couple weeks ago. Uh, finishes the regular season 9 and 6. Jamie Johnson with Gary's Ball Fight t-shirt. Six and nine, two games better than the no (laughs) login.
1: Now, while I can't beat Gary, I would like to point out that I did beat Dan Upton. It's all
0: right. And where'd that get you? (laughs) The tie bowl. Seattle Dreadnoughts actually make a decision this time and beat the RHPs 84-76. Uh, Zach Hoffman, that put him into third place in the Dixon, and that's really not a bad showing for a guy who had no exposure to fantasy football before we started this season. Not bad at all. A guy who almost quit in week three because he wasn't sure he was doing it right. 84 points, uh, a little bit of a luck show there. Uh, 21 points for Crab legs leading the way there at 16 as the Doug Baldwin victory tour continues Zach Ertz with 13 Tyler Lockett with 11 can't argue with riding the Russell Wilson train right now he's just hitting everybody, and everybody's getting him six points. It's it's ridiculous. He's got this receiving core that they resemble a a pack of mice. They're just all tiny, and none of them are particularly fast, but they're just all quick. I don't understand how this is working as well as it is, but there you go. Meanwhile, the RHPs, again, the Andy Dalton injury hit them pretty hard. Uh, So AJ McCarron... Got the start for the RHPs as well. 13 points out of the quarterback spot is okay, but certainly not a game-breaker. 12 for Cairo Santos, the Kansas City kicker. 15 for Matt Forte is their best score. 11 for Macklin and Decker. Eagles defense putting up a big negative four. Was McCarran's really the best quarterback available? You know, with Cleveland's not starting Josh McCown, so yeah, (laughs) he kind of was. Whatever crummy quarterback the Rams are throwing out there, there's couple of guys who got hurt so that, you know, McCarron really, this past week, that 13 points isn't that bad. I'm thinking Teddy Two Gloves did 40 this week. Osweiler continues to put up some decent points. He would have been an option. I think he was trying to to continue to double-dip on his receiver, A.J. Green, which isn't a bad idea, really. Not a terrible play. You just gotta hit A.J. Green first. Yeah, you still have to get it to A.J. Green, and McCarron has got to him a couple times. Rock, I'm going to question your quarterback pick this game, buddy. Yeah, left a lot on the bench. The the RHPs, 57 points on the bench. James Jones with 14. Texans defense with 13. That was certainly a better play against the hapless Colts. Danny Woodhead with a man's game. Danny Woodhead, 30. One for every inch on his body, 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> RHPs need to do a little extra roster baiting this week a little extra R in the RHP. Mm. What can you do? <laughs> Anyways, both teams finish at 8-6-1, and one, hence the tie bowl. That's a tiebreaker for celebrity entrant Zach Hoffman. Move forward from there, pyramid of touchdowns with a big win over Buffalo, effectively ending the Wild Bill season. 133-107. to 107. That sucks. Putting up 107 in a game you need a win and you still don't come out with a win. What's more, you get skunked in a uh. game where you put up 107. That's the tough part of it. But uh, you know what it was? Is because he never put up the, the greatest fantasy football logo of all time for the Buffalo Wild Bills. The Buffalo Bills thing with the Wild Bill hat. I miss it. I need to know where it went. The pyramid of touchdowns. Russell Wilson, not surprisingly, leading the way with 31. 24 for Amari Cooper, 20 for the Chiefs D, 20 for Ted Ginn Jr. Huge game against the Giants. Still dropped as many balls as he caught. And then 11 for Darren McFadden. And 13 for Stephen Goskowski, the, the New England kicker. Buffalo led by Cam Newton's incredible 51 points. Really, if there had been anything else going on on the roster, it, it probably would have made a big difference here. 18 points for Julio Jones, 11 for Allen Robinson, 15 points for the Bengals defense, and a good showing. There just wasn't a lot of help to be had. Vernon Davis was starting a tight end, Goose egg. Cincinnati linebacker Vincent Ray, really first time he's been mentioned all season, Goose egg. Isaiah Kroll, the Cleveland tailback. You, you, you know my feeling about Cleveland skill players. <laughs> Don't. Two points there. C.J. Anderson, one point. So a tough finish for for the Wild Bills. They just had a lot of guys who had bad weeks all at once. Really got to wonder about that defensive play when you're putting a guy who comes out comes out of the ball game on passing downs in as your defensive specialist. That's that's not a good play because the defensive specialist it doesn't break a lot of games. But I, I like what it adds to this league. It, it's an extra 7 to 15 points. It makes a difference, I think. Uh, you see it on the other side. Bobby Wagner didn't play the second half, really, against Cleveland, and he still got 7 points. Well I remember last year, it made a difference. We had the Bobby Wagner game etched in the, the uh, annals of what's on Joe Biden fantasy football lore. The Bobby Wagner game. It's the little wrinkle that I like about our league. We might be adding more defensive fun next year. We like defensive players on what's on. Yes, we do. We love defense. Finish it up the week 15 and review. Springfield clinches the division. They have taken the Dixon with a 122-93 to win over Darklonia, winning in resounding fashion when, when they needed a win. A Buffalo win didn't mean much. Uh, lifting them 12 and 3 clinching the Charles Ellen Emanuele Trophy for best regular season record. Congratulations to Tommy Fauntleroy and Charles Ellen Emanuele. For the mention. Yeah. 30 points out of Tyrod Taylor leading the way for the Teal Ninjas. 30 points also for Antonio Brown, but that surprises us less and less with every passing week. 18 points for Delaney Walker, uh, 13 for Todd Gurley, and, and kind of the poo-poo platter the rest of the way. Darklonia, the, the Tom Brady f*** you revenge tour, lost a little steam in the second half, but he still had 22 points. Uh, Devontae Freeman with 15. Jamie Collins, the New England linebacker, when he plays, he's awesome, 12 points. And uh, D. Hopkins with 10. Not a bad showing in the loss for Darklonia, kind of the story of their season. The loss drops them to eight and seven, fifth place in the Dixon after dominating the first half of the season and then hitting them greased up rail tracks. Mm. What did he lose in a row there? Was it five in a row at one point? Yeah. Threw up yeah. 100 points in two of those games. Didn't matter. Standings. Final standings go to the Hama, because again, the no drama in the Hama. Oregon Outpost 788, 9 and 6, uh, clinched a couple weeks ago. We'll be playing in the championship this week. Pyramid of touchdowns takes second place from the Warriors at 8-7 thanks to tiebreakers Fort Wadsworth in third at 8-7 Paris dynamite's rallied 7-8 fourth place Jamie Johnson and Gary's Boss Fight t-shirt 6-9 fifth place and bringing up the rear the New England Tacos of Justin Bell at 4-11 and, and the Charlottesville Keelhalls of Dan Uffman at 4-11 the Spoil King Charlottesville Keelhalls
1: <laughs> <laughs> this
0: this <laughs> meanwhile over in the Dicks. Gary Stoney Silence we're an audio only podcast Gary Stoney Silence makes me laugh Mm -hmm. Springfield puts a bow on this one with a 12 and 3 record congratulations Tommy Fauntleroy like we said before Chuck O'Rings Buffalo Wild Bill second place at 10 and 5 great season for, for Buffalo, Zach Hoffman sneaks into third at eight six and one with the Seattle Dreadnoughts Brock Estrangelo slides into fourth at eight six and one with the Long Island RHPs. Brian Greenwich, Darkonia Privateers at eight and seven, as we said, fifth place. Ty Sams with the Chuckbusters seven and 6th place. And Jamie Creech and the Horror Show five and ten. It's uh, that's tough when you're in a fifteen game league, you're finished seven games out. But that was the fantasy football version of the mash unit was Jamie Creech's team. This year. And uh, no surprise, finishing up as the winner for the, the Kavanaugh Trophy, the James noted author James A. Kavanaugh Jr. Memorial Trophy, uh, at, uh, given to the team that scores the most. Darklonia, 1,598 points on the season, blowing away all comers. Closest was Tommy Fauntleroy's Teal Ninjas, and they were 100 points back. 100 points and a half. woo So where does that leave us, gentlemen? That leaves us with championship in the uh, Chuck Bowl two four and eleven teams taking on one another there uh, Charlottesville at New England it doesn't matter in the eleven twelve game the horror show takes on Gary's Boss Fight t-shirt. Good show, Jamie. You're only on the program. <laughs> Way to finish 11th.
1: Potentially 12th. We just weren't prepared. We weren't prepared for the road. We weren't a good road team this year. We'll get it straight
0: Well, You get to play this one at home, so hope springs eternal.
1: It's the battle for who's the real Jamie. The Jamie Bowl.
0: The Overachiever Bowl. The 9-10 game. Debbie Gonzo's Paris Nanomites against Ty Sam's number 10 Chuckbusters.
1: Man, <laughs> Debbie finished his knife, and you call it overachieving. Wow.
0: Well, you did see her draft, right? <laughs> you did see the number one pick overall go down at midseason, right? When she sees you guys here in a couple days, she's going to kick your guys' asses. Oh, she might hit us once. You'll get your ass kicked, though.
1: I'm totally getting a side boob hug, Gary. Totally. <laughs>
0: Oh god! Now this got interesting. Yeah. Now Gary's gonna kick Jamie's ass. Might not be anything left for Debbie. We go to the seven and eight game. We'll call it the Sound and Fury Bowl. Mm. For Wadsworth traveling to Pyramid of touchdown. Uh, two eight and seven teams. Because you know what things that are all Sound and Fury do? They signify nothing. Mm. <laughs> Nobody gives a we go to the 5-6 game, the Middle Finger Bowl. dark Lonia travels to Long Island, take on the RHPs, 8-7 against 8-6-1. Ought to be some good smack getting run in that game, if nothing else. Then we move forward to the Celebrity Bowl. Uh, number three, Buffalo, playing host to number four, Seattle. 10-5 against 8-6-1. I love how Zach has a shot at third place if he wins this game. I know. It's, it's a, a little <laughs> nuts. Again, the guy was writing to us in a panic between weeks two and three. Didn't know what he was doing. Thought he had to quit because he missed the live draft. Okay. Which brings us to, of course, the Contest, the contest of the Champions. Champions. Contest the of Champions. The What's On Joe Mind Champions bowl. That is number two, Oregon Outpost 788. Aaron Rayfield against number one, Springfield Teal Ninjas of Tommy Fauntleroy. And let me remind the folks, Teal Ninjas, last year's Checo winner, Oregon Outpost, last team in this year. Can the Chucko be avenged? We've never seen the Chucko ever avenged. We've seen someone digress to the Chucko, but we've never seen the Chucko avenged. Yeah, it's funny too—the irony of having two former champions playing for the Chucko. I think that's awesome. That'll be a first this year as well. We've never had a Chucko participant reach the championship game, but we will potentially—if that—that's happened once—we will potentially have a Chucko winner, quote, loser a Chucko <laughs> holder in a championship game, and then we're going to have a former champion lose and take home the Chucko. Amazing stuff. High drama. And uh, the computer predicts a tight one. If we're going just on projections, they like Springfield 87-84. That Calvin Johnson 12.2 points
1: against San Francisco coming off two one-point games, that is a high projection.
0: I think he's going to do better than one megatron just looks slow he, he, he is not getting open so the fact that that san francisco is awful notwithstanding dude just looks like he turned the corner in a big way i I mean maybe he's messed up maybe his toes bothering him again it's tough to say but megatron does not have the burst that he had in years past i think you're right on that jamie 12 points looks awful generous hard Man, to I argue just... with blake Bortles though blake Bortles has probably been the most dependable Week to week fantasy quarterback for the last seven, eight weeks of the season. I'm looking at the matchups here because I know we're going to go around and make our predictions on this game. Blake Bortles is playing that New Orleans defense (laughs) that gave up six touchdowns to Eli, and as you said, is dipped in kerosene, quote unquote, earlier in the year. That could be the difference in this game. I think Oregon has a shot, but I think it boils down to the Blake Bortles matchup against New Orleans and how many points could that potentially go. Yeah, that, that could be a 40-something point out for Blake Bortles. He's projected to put 25 and change up there, and I think that's conservative. Springfield also has the duo of the Pittsburgh receivers. Yeah, that's where it's going to be tough. He's got Delaney Walker, who's hot. Mettenberger can play with, with Delaney Walker. Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant are going to throw up a ton of points because it's Baltimore. Pittsburgh isn't going to be sitting anybody in that game. They're still playing for playoff position. Todd Gurley, we, we like him. He's going to play, but... Re- Results may vary. I don't know if Seattle might well be in rest mode. So uh, it could be a good day for Todd Gurley. Randall Cobb, God knows. I wouldn't
1: uh, put money on anything the Packers are doing on the road at Arizona.
0: Yeah, and Arizona's going to be playing people too. So it's he's probably going to see Patrick Peterson, and that's not a good recipe for success. Telvin Smith has been great all season. He'll be on the field a whole lot against New Orleans, so that'll he'll probably be right about normal with his 11 points. Broncos defense is still the Broncos defense. They've dropped four games. And finally, the Nuge, who in Denver might might put up a, a bunch of four points with his big leg. I like Springfield in this, guys. I think the matchups just favor up, favor them a, a bit better. I like Oregon Outpost's roster construction. I think he's just got a couple of situations where it's the wrong guy at the wrong time. But Springfield, just he's got a bunch of guys who are all hitting all cylinders right now. Jamie, your pick. I'm going
1: to pick Springfield. I don't think the skill player matchups, I mean, Calvin Johnson can always hit at any time. Demarius Thomas can hit at any time. It's a gutsy call. I mean, and I know that Blake Bortles versus New Orleans is the right call, but if you've got Ben Roethlisberger sitting on the bench against Baltimore and the other guy's got the two wide receivers, so basically you nullify his biggest advantage, do you believe Demarius Thomas and calvin johnson will hit it's a, an interesting choice i would certainly if i were in his spot I'd, i think i'd stare at it for a while
0: hmm. interesting point gary got so.
1: i'm gonna go with stringfield so basically, so Oregon Outposts are going to win. Okay, we just locked
0: yeah. that up for you. We did. We have given the Teal Ninjas the kiss of death. Well, actually, last year, guys, we all called Pyramid of Touchdowns, and they won that game. But that was an upset. It's, it's bound to happen again. It's been the first time in four years that the team with the best record has won a championship game. Let them come full circle. For the record, these two teams met back in week three, home game for Springfield, who won at 96-95. So absolutely nothing really settled there. This should be a good one. On paper, it's a good one. I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit more disparate than that. But I think Oregon Outpost will put up a good show. But I I, I, I just like Springfield too much these last couple of weeks. So there you go. All three panelists picking the Springfield Teal Ninjas to win and avenge the Chucko, which means we will probably be congratulating Aaron Rayfield's Oregon Outpost 788 next week. Before we go, let's take one quick look at the, the league at large. Jamie Johnson week 15 in the NFL.
1: What is up with your boy ODB, man? Like, that is just one of
0: the weirdest games I've ever seen a human being play. It was downright surreal. For, for those who weren't paying attention, and, and frankly, if you enjoy football at all, you had to have been. Josh Norman, Odell Beckham Jr., just a wild fracas in the middle part of, of that game last, this past week that the, that the Panthers won 38-35. Now... The media seems to be in a hurry to crucify odb and i'm not going to back away from that i i he he embarrassed himself and his franchise uh, and his league and and needs a suspension deserves a suspension took it way too far i think he's lucky that they're only sitting him down for one game there's no innocent party in this either he's getting threatened before the game during the game he had already been the recipient of getting thrown to the ground after the whistle but Josh Norman had already, had already done that so things had been escalated and that's a couple of young guys and they're going to have to they have to learn that that sort of behavior just is not acceptable Odell Beckham Jr. took it way too far it could have injured him it could have injured Norman it could have ended their season or worse there's just all kinds of problems with that uh, like I said I think he's, he's lucky that he only got one game but you know otherwise typical Giants play up to your competition play down to your competition They still have a a very slim chance at the playoffs, and I don't expect them to take advantage of it. Basically, they would need Washington to lose to Philadelphia this week. Giants would have to beat Minnesota, which is no small order. And then the Giants would have to beat Philadelphia in Week 17 to get the tiebreaker over them to get in at 8-8. So it's really lined up for, for Washington to win that division now. Washington just has to win once, two games. Gary Godso. NFL Week 15. I don't have much. My Colts are long done. The only thing I really had left to hope for and cheer for is my fantasy team, and they kind of let me down. So uh, in the process of just trying to be interested somewhat still in this NFL season, I went ahead and updated the career history of the West Joe League. Oh, God. Despite the Kuehl Hall's awful season, they still are the winningest team win-wise in the league. At 35, 25, and 1. Despite winning absolutely nothing, no divisions, no trophies, no playoff games, no nothing. The Long Island RHPs are the second wingest team in the league with 33 wins at 33, 25, and 2. And it would be nice if I could beat some last place teams, because I would actually be in first place then, but since I'm incapable of beating last place teams. I'm going to be stuck with the third winningest record in the league at 32-27-1. So those are the top three, career-wise, of the What's On Joe Mine Fantasy Football League. What do you have to show for that with your your third place, Gary? 2013-2014 Division Champions and 2013-2014 Fourth Place Team. Not much, but a little something. Getting to the dance, being a wallflower once you get there, huh? Yeah. Uh, Well, it's something. Just ask Kevin. The 2012 Chucko winner. (laughs) Since you've got the updated numbers, how is our friend the New England tacos? Where does he where does he rate in all this? He's had what two, two twin horrible seasons. But before that, he won the wild card and then won the championship. You would think he's a whole lot worse, but he's 22 22 and one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's just like he wasn't here in the first place. If you rate it by wins, he's in 10th place overall. 22 22 and 1. Just like he was never here. He's gonna have a championship and a Chucko to balance it out. It's, it's like he never existed. Good job, Justin Bell. Statistical irrelevance. <laughs> <laughs> My take is that uh, way back in the beginning of the year, and it, it seems like this was two years ago in and of itself, but pundits stressed at length who the number one pick of this year's draft should have been. Jameis Winston. Mm. Marcus Mariota, we got to hear the pros and cons of each ad nauseum. Turns out they're both pretty good. who thunk? Both fitting to have very, very solid careers. We got to figure out a way to keep Marcus Mariota in one piece, I think is is perhaps the biggest concern there. He he looks polished beyond his years when he's playing. Meanwhile, Crab Legs has been in in Tampa now he's gotten progressively better as the season's gone along he's a little jumpy still I he, he's a little excitable I think there's uh, some instances where maybe he needs to just kind of you know stay within himself a little bit better but there too way beyond what you'd expect from a rookie quarterback kudos to those two young men for stepping into to terrible situations and still managing to play well and god give a couple of terrible franchises something to hope for in, in coming seasons Anybody have anything else? Parting shots. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck to our, our uh, opponents in the championship game. Again, Tommy Fauntleroy, Aaron Rayfield. Great seasons for both of you, gentlemen. Thanks to everybody for participating. We'll be back with a, a championship roundup, of course, for my co-host, Jamie Johnson, Gary Godso. This is Mike Irizarry. Rounding up week 15 of the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Contest of Champions. Where our motto is...
1: Beat Chuck just by playing.
0: Good night, everybody.